the ninth chapter of Hilchas Malva Voleve, the laws of a lender and borrower. This chapter contains ten halachas and will continue the discussion of the laws of interest, in particular in relation to fluctuating market values. Perak Chi, the ninth chapter, Halacha Aleph. In this halacha we will deal with the problem of interest in the purchase of commodities. Let us say that Reuven agrees to sell Shimon a certain amount of produce for a certain price, and Shimon gives him the money. However, Reuven does not deliver until later on. Although it's a buyer-seller relationship, nevertheless it's also similar, similar to a loan relationship, since Shimon is giving Reuven the money before he actually receives anything, and Reuven is holding that money and can use it. Should he give it later on, it, it appears to be a loan. And should the market value have fluctuated, it could appear like interest. If it was worth a lower amount and now has gone up to a higher amount, Reuben will be, so to speak, paying back Shimon for having loaned him this money. And the use of the money for a certain period of time, he will pay him back a larger amount. It will be the amount of produce originally agreed to, but it will nevertheless appear to be interest, since he has held on to the money for a while before delivering the goods. It is therefore forbidden unless one of the following two circumstances is present. First of all, if the seller has this produce within his possession, although he does not deliver it immediately, nevertheless it is not considered to be ribis or interest. And the reason is that since he has it within his possession, at the moment the buyer gives him the money, at the moment of Kenyan, it already goes over into the ownership of the buyer. And even though he is not actually holding on to it, nevertheless it is for all practical purposes his, although it is still on the premises of the seller. Therefore it is not considered interest if the seller merely delivers this produce later on. Furthermore, even if the seller does not have any produce on hand, should the market price have already been determined, in that case it would still not be considered interest. And even though we could not say that since it's already within the possession of the seller, it, at the time of Kenyon it goes over to the buyer, we cannot say that if the seller does not have produce. But nevertheless, since the market price is already determined, if the seller doesn't have right now, he can immediately get from someone else. Everyone has produce, and therefore it could immediately be given, be given over. And therefore it would not be considered interest even in such a case. The Rambam in the order of the Lacha, in the first halacha, gives the second case first. One cannot make a transaction involving produce in such a fashion until the market value has already been determined. But once this market value has been determined and publicized, one can make such a transaction. And even if one does not have the produce within within his possession. The seller does not have it. Nevertheless, he might not have, but someone else has. Once he has the money, at that very moment, he could buy produce from someone else, and he could give over the amount which was originally agreed upon. How does this work? If the market price for wheat was already determined in the marketplace, foresaw an amount a foresaw for one seller for a certain amount of money. They can agree to sell 100 saw, and the buyer can give him 25 seller, since it's four for each seller. And later on, the seller will give him back the produce. And if later on the seller delivers these 
same hundred saw which were originally agreed upon. However, now the price of wheat has inflated. And instead of getting four saw for one seller, you only get one saw for a seller. The price has gone up four times in amount. So therefore, by giving back 100 saw of chitim. You are now giving 100 seller worth of produce instead of 25 seller. So it seems as if he took a loan of 25 seller and paid him back with 100 seller. Nevertheless, ein bazer ribis klau. This is not considered interest whatsoever. Even though the seller did not have any wheat whatsoever at the time they agreed, up, agreed upon the transaction. Because as we said, He might not have wheat, but since the market value has been determined, someone else's wheat is considered available, and therefore it is considered as if the buyer already has the hundred saw. However, when does this apply? When you must wait until the market value has been determined before you can make such a transaction. When he did not have a sufficient amount of this type of produce at the time of agreement. It seems that the word klum here from the Magid Mishnah does not mean that he doesn't have anything, but he just not, does not have a sufficient amount to cover the entire transaction. However, if the seller does have a sufficient amount of that type of produce, in such a case, even though it has not been entirely processed and is not ready yet to be delivered, as the Rambam will explain in the next halacha halacha base, nevertheless, it is permitted to make such a transaction even if the market value has not been determined. And the reason is that since he has it on hand, as soon as the money is given to the seller, it's as if the produce is in the hand of the buyer. Ketzad, how is this? Let's say that the seller was the first one to be among the reapers. He cut down his wheat first. He is allowed to sell this wheat even though it is still piled up in the fields. It is not... The wheat, grains of wheat have not even been separated from the straw, from the hay. Nevertheless, even though it is not completely processed, he nevertheless is allowed to sell it. Within the restrictions we will learn in Halacha Base. And you can make a transaction selling wine from the time that the grapes have been picked and put in the vat. And on oil, at the time that you put the oil excuse me, the olives, into the pressing vat. Ba'al hasid, and regarding concrete or lime, as soon as it has been placed into the oven. And so too you can make an agreement to sell clay vessels from the moment that the, the potter puts them into balls, which is the first step before you make the vessel actually make the vessel, you take pieces of clay and form them into balls, at that time it is considered to be sufficiently prepared, although not completely prepared, that one can already make an agreement to sell them. And this is a sufficient amount of preparation that we can say, that you might not have, but somebody else does. So therefore, you could always go to someone else and take grapes from his vat. However, when do we say that you have such a requirement? that the clay must already be placed in the form of these balls before one can make a deal to sell them. When it is made, it is white clay, which is more 
rare. I will offer him shokor, but if it's black clay, which is extremely common, one can make an agreement to sell them even though they have not yet been made. And, and even though he has the clay in its raw form, and he has not yet formed it into balls, it's still no problem. But since it's so common and everyone has it, even though he might not have balls made out of this black clay, someone else does. So therefore, it is still very, very close to being manufactured so that although he might not have taken the step yet to form it into these balls, someone else certainly has it. And therefore, there's no problem in, in selling them because it, it is very, very close to being produced and there is not such a delay as to worry about interest. And so too, he can make an agreement to sell manure the entire year, even though he might not have any in, in, in his possession. Since it is something which is constantly available, we don't have to worry about any delay of time which could cause interest between the time the money is given and the time the product is delivered. Halacha base. If the Rambam mentioned in the previous halacha that even though the product has not been entirely processed, it is still not considered interest, the Rambam now defines how many steps can be missing which we will still allow a delay between the purchase and the delivery. Any type of work or any object which is lacking only two, one or two steps in its production, one is allowed to have a transaction. But one cannot make such an agreement of sale until the market value has been determined. That since there are three steps missing, this is considered like someone that himself does not have anything of this type of product and it is as if it has not yet come into the world it does not exist yet so to speak since it is so far removed from its final form for example godish wheat which is piled up in the field it is first of all lacking being spread out in the sun to dry the threshing and tossing it up in the air the disha separates the husk from the actual grain inside, it knocks them loose. And then Zriya, winnowing, is throwing the mixture up in the air and having the winds carry away the lighter chaff while allowing the heavy grain to fall back down. Since there are three cases over here, three steps, the drying, the threshing, and the winnowing, he cannot sell it unless the market value has already been determined. Because in that case, the money could be used immediately to acquire wheat grains. But if the grain has already been dried and it is only missing the two steps of threshing and winnowing, then he can sell it. Let's say we have bowls of clay which are lacking the following steps. First of all, lefifa, molding these bowls to the proper size and beginning to make a receptacle for them. Second of all, the yivush drying it. Third of all, bringing it into the oven. Fourth, burning it, baking it in the oven. And the fifth step, taking it out of the oven. In this case, ain't a pesach One cannot agree to sell these vessels since there are five steps in between. 
Let's say, Hoyu Yabeshim. Let's say they have already been formed and they're already dried. And the only steps missing are putting them in the oven and then burning in the oven. One can't agree to sell them since only two steps are missing. What about the last step of hate saw? This is something taking them out of the oven, which was sometimes done by the potter himself, and sometimes it was done by the buyer and the risk assumed by him. So when do we say that when these two steps are missing, that one is then allowed to sell them even though the market value has not yet been determined? This is a place where the custom is that the buyer takes it out of the oven. But if it's the, the seller, meaning the potter, the, who is responsible to take them out of the oven, then it's lacking three steps. Putting them in the oven, baking them, and taking them out. And then one cannot agree to sell them until the market value has been determined. The king called so too, any similar cases. Halacha Gimel, a very similar case. Someone that is going to milk his goats, for or to shear his his sheep, for says kavarte, and or he's taking the honey out of his beehives. Or and his friend meets him before he does so. But Omarle, the one who was going to milk them, says the following, makes him the offer. That whatever my goats produce in milk is sold to you. Or all the shearings from my sheep will be sold to you. Or what the beehives produce, all of this is sold to you for a certain price. This is allowed. And even though we might suspect in this case that the seller will give him a lower price for the pleasure of having his money to be used for a longer period of time, that the buyer is giving the money right away and will not be shearing the sheep, for example, until later on. And therefore, the seller gives him a lower price. And we would suspect that this lower price would constitute interest, that in, in exchange for having lent, so to speak, the seller money by giving him the money up front, he is therefore giving him a lower price, which as we discussed in the previous paddock, as well as earlier halachas here, this would constitute interest, or be similar at least to interest. However, it is not considered interest, that since no one knows how much the goats or the sheep or the bees, beehives are going to produce, it is possible that they will produce even less. And therefore, certainly would not involve interest because he is getting even less for the money. However, if he said, not like as in the previous case, that he sold him the entire amount for a fixed price, instead he says, that if my goats produce such an amount of milk, it will be sold to you at such and such a price. In other words, he doesn't sell him the whole thing as, as one large bulk, but sells him according to a certain rate. That if they, if my sheep produce so much wool, it will be sold to you for such and such a price. Or if such and such an amount comes out of the beehive, it will be sold to you for a certain price. In this case, it is prohibited unless the agreement was according to the market value. Because we suspect also in this case that in exchange for having the pleasure of, of having money to invest and use, the seller will instead give the buyer a lower price. And this lower price, the amount that the buyer is saving, would be considered interest. Therefore, it is prohibited unless the price they agree upon is the same as the market price. But Cain called so too any similar cases. Halacha Dalit. 
ain't peskin al shal shal is mipnesha ain't ashar kvua. One may not agree to sell based on the market price of a small town since it does not have a, a fixed price. It fluctuates frequently. Ella al shar medina, but rather on the market price in the entire land since it, since it remains steady for several months at a time. Let's say that the new wheat went for the price of four for a seller, and the older one was more expensive, you only got three for a seller. One cannot sell until the market price has equalized for the old and the new, because since the the new wheat is going to change in price within a short period of time. It's considered to be a fluctuating market value. Let's say wheat of the lakutes from the word leket, which refers to the grain which is collected by poor people, leket, shikhompeya, the various agricultural gifts which are left for the poor. And it is of inferior quality because it comes from various fields together and therefore various grains are mixed. So it had a cheaper price, four for a seller, and of one particular landowner it would be more expensive for three. In this case, there are two different market values. However, they are both fixed. So therefore, you can sell grain which is lakutes collected by the poor according to that market value. And one cannot sell the grain belonging to a landowner until they establish the market value for his wheat. And then it must be sold for three for the, according to the regular market value of the wheat of a balabias. Because if it's sold for four, it's obvious that the reason he's giving it to him for a cheaper price is because since he's giving him the money up front and he has the ability to, to use it, it's, it's similar to a loan and he's going to be lowering the market price similar to interest and it would be forbidden. Therefore, he must pay according to the regular market price for that type of wheat. Halacha hey. Once the market value has been determined, one is allowed to agree to deliver it at the lowest market value. That means, in the case that the market value fluctuates and it becomes cheaper, one could agree to deliver it at the cheaper price. Ketzat, how is this? Let's say the present market value for wheat is four saw for one for one seller. And they agreed that the wheat will be sold at the cheaper market value should it fluctuate. Should later on the price of wheat go down and now you can get ten for a seller. He gives him at the lower market value 10 for a seller as is the present price. And it is not considered to be interest since they originally agreed that the price would be according to the, to, to the lowest market value. Therefore, the reason he's getting the wheat now at the rate of only 10 per seller is not because he, the, the price is being lowered since he, he, he gave someone a loan. That's not why he's getting it for a cheaper price. Now, with other money, this is anyway what everybody is selling wheat for. So therefore, the price is not because he gave the other one benefit with, through giving him a loan. Rather, the market price has now dropped and now this is all it's worth. That's, however, if they stipulated that it would be sold at the lower price. Let's say, it was given without specification. 
And they did not specify that it would be at the cheaper market price. And as it happened, it dropped. Then can he give it at the present price? So the Rambam says no. Mason Kashar Shahayushavin Kishanosan Lehamois. He gives him it gives it at the at the market value as was at the time the money was given. Because otherwise it would be considered interest since they did not agree at that time. Let's say the buyer backs out that since we cannot hold him to this agreement, that produce is not according to Torah law acquired merely by transfer of money. There must, must be Meshicha, one must move the produce into one's property or something similar. So therefore, officially speaking, he is allowed to draw to withdraw and demand his money back and not accept the produce at the higher market value. So the Rambam says, Umisha Chaza, somebody that backs out of the deal, Makabal Misha Pora, must accept the Misha Pora. As the Rambam explained in the third chapter of Hilchas Mechira, that in such a case where someone does not keep one's word, although it might be technically allowed according to the Torah, the Bez Din, the Jewish court, administers a curse. Misha Pora, that the one that punished the generation of the flood, and the generation of the tower, and the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, and so on, should also pay back someone that does not keep his word. And so to this person did not keep his word and therefore must receive a Mishapot. However, when does this apply? That he, that he must sell it at the price, at the time the money was handed over, instead of at the cheaper later price. When he was agreeing for his own sake. However, if he was merely a representative of someone else, regardless of whether it was the buyer or the seller, in that case the transaction, transaction takes place at the cheaper price. Or if desired, the transaction can be reversed and the money returned. And there is no application of a mishapara in the case of a shliach. Because the one that appointed this messenger can say, that He can say, as the Rambam explained at the beginning of that I sent you to do something good for me and not to mess me up. And therefore, since he did not stipulate that it would be done at the cheaper market value, therefore the one that appointed him can back out of the deal. Since the shliach did not properly represent his interests. Halach Let's say the market value for wheat was four saw for one seller, but not the less And he took the money and gave it to him. In other words, sold it to him for five for a seller, for a cheaper price. And we suspect that interest was involved here. Nevertheless, if he does have wheat, it is allowed. This we said before, but the Chiddush here is that even if the wheat is not immediately available, it's in another place, and therefore there will be some delay before it is delivered, nevertheless such a slight delay is not considered enough to constitute interest. However, if, however, he does not have the wheat within his possession absolutely, rather there are other people that owe him wheat, and they are the ones that have it. And he takes the money for the time period until he can collect the wheat and give it to the buyer, Asr. This is forbidden. They are still not collected. So therefore, it's not even considered to be in his hands yet. It's as if they don't exist. This is as if one made up that they were produce will be delivered at a certain time period and then takes off from the price since he is lending him money. In other words, 
in, in exchange for the ability to utilize the money, he's decreasing the price. This is similar to interest and forbidden. In the Medina, in the larger city, let's say the price was four saw for one cellar of wheat. But in the small cities, in the outlying areas, it was cheaper. You could get six for one cellar. One is allowed to give one seller to a merchant in order that he can, should bring six saw from the kfat. That even though you are in the large city, you can give him one in order that he should bring you six. And although it appears again to be interest in a way, because we would imagine that the merchant would take from the local area, even though it's more. And the reason he has been given the lesser price of six was because he gets the enjoyment and the benefit of being able to use the money. Nevertheless, it is permitted, since he is capable of going to the kvar and buying it at the cheaper price. And it's as if the buyer has it immediately at the cheaper price from the kvar. However, that's only if it's within the responsibility of the buyer, that it's considered to be in his possession at the time the money was given. And then therefore, should it be lost or stolen in transit, it is the responsibility of the buyer, not the seller. Because if it's the responsibility of the seller, it's like any other case of Pais and it would be prohibited in such a case. And even though it is permitted, as long as the, as the buyer accepts responsibility, a very respected person who is more careful about his deeds should not do such a thing. He is prohibited. And furthermore, when it comes to merchandise, it's forbidden from, for anybody. The only one that is, that is permitted is with produce. Because merchandise is not as readily found as, as produce is. That since produce is readily found anywhere, he can, he can go to this land or another place, the outlying areas, and get it wherever he wants. Merchandise is not as easily available, and therefore it is forbidden. This halacha deals with donkey drivers, who as they enter the city were, are greeted by the ones that will be middlemen to sell their wares for them, or some other people who will give them money, and, and there will be some delay before they actually receive the produce, before they actually open up their sacks when they come to the place where they will be resting in the city itself. And the Rambam now deals whether this would be called interest, to give it to them at a lower rate. Halacha ches. Donkey drivers carrying grain who entered a city The market price for wheat in this city is four saw for one seller. And And instead they gave it to them for a cheaper price and sold it to their acquaintances or as some ver versions have it, for the ones that will sell for them, or for the middlemen, as the, at the cheaper rate of five for a seller. In ex for the money which was given to them first when they first entered the city limits. Before they will have time to enter the city, open up their sacks of grain, and sell to everyone else. And it looks like they're giving a cheaper price since they're getting the money earlier. Nevertheless, this is allowed. 
because they are not selling it to them at a cheaper price because the money is being given now and the produce collected later. They are giving it to them at a cheaper price in exchange for the assistance they have, they have given. That they have told these donkey drivers the market price and they assist them in helping their donkeys and doing other things for them. This is why they're getting it for a cheaper price and not in exchange for giving the money earlier. This halacha seems very similar to halacha vav, where we said it was allowed, even without these reasons which the Rambam gives, that they did certain jobs and assisted them. The Rambam says you're allowed to sell to somebody for a lower market value. Why then does the Rambam need these other reasons over here? The Mishnah Lamelech explains that the Rambam is not referring to a case where these people give the donkey drivers the money earlier as the prepayment, but rather they give them a loan. And therefore, we do not have this leniency of Allah Vav of selling it at a cheaper, a cheaper price. That's not what the Rambam is speaking about. The Rambam is speaking about a regular loan. That the donkey drivers are taking a loan over here and with the intention of paying back these people after they sell more of their grain and have money. Therefore, Allah Vav does not cover this case. Allah Chates. HaMelech Pereisav Mimokam Lamokam. If someone is transporting produce from one place to another, and in the place where he starts out from, it's less expensive than his intended destination. However, before he is able to transport them, his friend stops him, but he says, give them to me over here, and I will save you the bother of transporting them. And I will give you back produce, as the same amount of produce you give me. And I have it in that other place where it's worth more. So he's giving, one is giving the other a certain amount of produce, and he's getting back the same amount of produce. But he's getting something back of more value than what he originally gave. And it again appears like interest that he's getting back more in exchange for something he gave for the privilege of having the recipient use the money. So the law is, if the recipient does have readily available that produce at the present time in that other place, mutter, it is allowed. But if he does not have it there, it's forbidden because of interest. As Rashi explains, that since he's paying him back, not with more money, he's paying him back with the exact same amount of produce. And Lashonah Gemara saw the saw. He borrows one saw, one amount, and he gives him back another saw. Even though it's giving back a, a, something of greater value, it's nevertheless prohibited only by rabbinic decree, as we will explain later on in these halachas. However, if he already has it at that time, we do not consider it to be ribis whatsoever. Because since it's now in existence, we consider that the transaction has taken place. And that the produce in that other city with the more expensive price, we now establish it as being in the possession of the original owner, the one that originally was planning on transporting the grain. He now owns at this present moment the grain in this other place. And therefore, we do not care of the difference in value that, since it is not considered to be interest as a result of the delay in repayment as a result of him being able to utilize the money since he gets the other saw immediately at the time that he gives his saw therefore it's not considered to be interest and now another case somebody was transporting merchandise from one place to another and on the way someone meets him and Omar he says to name Lee Give them to me so I can utilize some of it on the way. I'm not going to repay you with a similar amount of merchandise at this place where it's worth more. I'm going to give you the money as it is worth in that particular place. 
And over here it appears that he is being lent the merchandise to use and transport, so to speak. And in exchange for this, he's paying him back at the higher market value as it's worth at the other place. And this, again, seems to be interest. However, we look, the Rambam says, at who has achrayis, who has responsibility for this merchandise? In other words, when did this loan situation develop? If the one who requests to utilize the merchandise, the buyer, let us call him, has the responsibility in case the merchandise should be lost or stolen, it is apparent that it has been lent to him, and the loan takes place at the time he first starts using it. Therefore, should later on he give a higher value than it's presently worth, this would be considered interest. However, if it's still considered the responsibility of the seller before they reach this place, that if anything happens, lost, lost or stolen, it is the responsibility of the seller. In this case, it is, it is allowed, because the loan situation has not yet occurred. Since he is still responsible for it, it is not yet considered to be a loan that we have to worry about interest being paid back later on. However, if it is the responsibility of the buyer, it is prohibited, because then we would consider the loan relationship to have been formed at the time that he received this merchandise, and since later on he's paying back an additional amount, he's paying the higher value, market value, as is in this other place, it is considered to be interest and is prohibited. And now the final halacha of the Perak halacha yud. In this halacha, the Rambam although he does not mention explicitly, will compare a case with two seemingly appearing uh, cases which appear similar. One in Perek Ches Halacha Hay, and the other in the Perek, in today's Perek, in Halacha Gimel. And in both of those cases, they are prohibited because of interest, and this case, which appears similar, is permitted. The first case is halacha, in Halacha Hay, Perek Ches, speaks about someone who buys unripe fruit from an orchard. And he pays them at the cheaper price, what it's worth now, with the understanding that he's going to be paid, given the fruit later on. This, that he's giving him a more valuable fruit later on, is considered to be interest, the Rambam says. That he gave, gives him the money now, and in return for allowing him the use of the money, he's giving him back more with his considered interest. And so too in Allah Gimel of today's Perek, the Rambam says that if someone gives another one money, and therefore he gives him a price, of the shearings of sheep or of milk to be at a cheaper price, it is prohibited. That's, that's the last case in, in Halacha Gimel. That since it's being given at a lower price, in exchange from giving him the money early, this is considered interest. As he holds the money and uses it, he has to pay back even more by giving him the milk and, and uh, wool at a cheaper price. What's our case? Halacha Yud. Anaisin labal hagina. Someone gives the owner of a garden the worth of these ten cucumbers or these ten melons. And right now they're very small and they're not worth very much. They have a small, a, a low price. And he stipulates at the time that he gives the money that they should be given later on when they grow. This is allowed. And there's no problem of ribis. Why is this not different from the case of, of Perek Ches Halacha 
hay, that over there we did the same thing. We paid money for us first fruit when it was small, with the stipulation of be delivered when it's large, and we call that interest. Why is it not the same thing over here? So that Rambam explains, over here in the garden. The gardener will simply leave them. They will grow by themselves without any extra effort. In the case of the orchard from the previous halacha, the, the orchard tender must put a lot of effort. One must give upkeep to an orchard. One must take care of it. And in exchange for this care, in other words, the care that he is giving to these trees is his additional payment in exchange for having the money in the first place. He receives a certain amount of money. And then he will give back the fruit, but he's also putting work into it. This work is part of his interest, therefore it's prohibited. But over here, the owner of the, of the garden is not losing anything. It doesn't matter to him whether the fruit is picked up now or later. He doesn't have to tend to it, therefore it's not considered interest. And furthermore, it's dissimilar to the case of the milk and the wheat and the and the sheep's wool. The ilu kotsam ata kishem kanim. Let's say he would cut off these cucumbers now when they're small. Leyo yuboim achreim achreim tachtehem. No new cucumbers would grow this season. They only grow one per plant per season. So in the case of the milking or the wool, by not cutting it off immediately at the time the money was given, the the seller is losing money because should he milk the goats now, should he cut their wool? more milk will, will be created or more wool will grow back since he agrees to give it later on it's as if he's giving interest but over here there's no difference between cutting them now and cutting them later therefore it's not considered interest but Cain called and so to any similar cases where there is no loss or lack on the seller if he does not lose anything we do not prohibit it giving it back later even though a benefit will accrue to the buyer